Hey, Peter. Hey. Uh, we're late. <laughs> we are, so just go ahead and kick the intro. Here we go. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you in several formats and several channels. Hey, listen, All through the airwaves. We're only 14 months into this thing. <laughs> There's no. Well, today is unique, though. This is a unique episode. It's it's going to be a little bit of a a recap, and this is actually going to be fun because this is going to be a little bit of a Q and A and retrospective of something that the actual. Now this is getting meta. Now the actual episode is not going to come out until later. So this is going to be a little bit of a teaser. We're going uh, back in time yeah. and we're going forward in time all at the same time. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have an episode that gets dropped on Thursday for yeah. our audio podcast. That is an interview with the great Ron Carter. Yeah. Uh, that just got premiered here on YouTube. And so now we're going to take questions, a little Q and a, which we haven't done in a while. And, always uh, fun. Always, always fun. fun. So we are, we have some good questions already about practice. Yes. So we love to talk about practice. We're talking about practice. We love to just say, we're talking about practice? And, right. and just to think about Alan Iverson, you know. So Musa says, how long do you practice? Or did you practice? Ooh. A day. How long a day? Mm. You know, it's one of those questions that has varied as life has hit us in different stages, Musa. I think I can speak for Peter with that. Yes. When I was younger, and I know this is true. When of I too, was a young man, I, Sorry. I really some some days uh, I didn't even put on pants. I just sat at the <laughs> piano and played and played and played. Okay, let's visualize. Let's that. not. Yeah, the... <laughs> let's not. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like when you're young, you don't have responsibilities. It's like you just play. I mean, I don't even I don't even count the hours. It yeah. Was just play as much as possible, and then go yeah. play it at a club and then come home and play some more and then play, play, play and listen, 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 you know? Yep. And now that, you know, we're, Peter and I both have open studio and families and schools, kids in schools yep. and all this stuff, right? It's not as much as certainly then, but I know we both try to keep a somewhat regular routine. When I sit down to practice, it's probably not going to be for anything less than an hour at this point. Ooh, uh, I like it. Dogmatic. Well, yeah, just yeah. because like if I sit down at the piano, I have a little time, you know what yep. I mean? If I don't, it's probably because I have 15 minutes to like write a, a guided practice session for the Open Studio Pro, right? Yeah. But uh, if not, it's like I'm I'm gonna sit down for an hour. I'm gonna get some good technical work in. I'm gonna get some good like uh, transcribing in, possibly, and just work on some new ideas that I'll have. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, you know part of the 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 benefit with having a little bit more experience with practice with your instrument is that you can kind of generally optimize. Uh, you know, what it is and how you're practicing so that you really should be able to fit what used to take four hours into, say, an hour or two hours. So just in terms of like getting right to the stuff you need to work on and also being able to being able to not necessarily skip over the more rudimentary things, but kind of review them a little bit more yeah. so you can be a little bit more targeted with your practice. And I know for me, I don't really do any of those. I mean, occasionally I'll do those like six or eight hour days or, or they're almost just like you're playing all day and you kind of lose yourself in it. I yeah. think the times I do it, it's probably similar to you. It's like writing more like you're under the gun on, on an arranging or comp composition gig or whatever. I still will stumble upon across an, an idea, right? Like yeah. a new idea to me that I'll want to just take through the paces. And if yeah. I have a good four, five, six hour block, 
Yeah. I can get lost in that for sure. Yeah. Just taking it through different situations and tunes I know and keys and all that stuff, you know. What what I am noticing is that I've I've gotten a lot more a, a lot better self-awareness in terms of like what my output can be at different times of the day, you know, based on how I'm feeling, how did I rest and things like that. So, I generally find now that I have like 3 to 4 hours a day of like very very deep thinking or practicing or creating or just like getting something accomplished and then there's the rest of the day i can certainly do things but like those hours and it does vary a little bit um it's been more regular because i've been on a more regular schedule but i find that if i can use those times at least two of those hours at the piano i can get almost as much as my mind and physically i can get done in for a sure, day for sure. whereas when i was younger it was like i had to spend more time to kind of get that so then if, if i do go beyond that three to four hours or if i use that all up at the piano which is great but i have to do something else in terms of like writing an email or making a phone call that's really i need to be very focused on i don't always have it's almost like i've used up that day's very highest level kind of thinking and creativity so mm. can still do some other things so i've I've started to look at not all the time as being equal either. So that's why it's not always just about the amount of time. It's like, can you take that? And look, some people maybe can do more than three to four hours. And there's some days that like I have two hours of that kind of level of thing. Mm. But when, once we start to get in better touch with that, I think we can look at really applying. And a lot of times people be like, I was really in a flow state. I was really super productive, uber productive, whatever, hyper productive. Like there's all different ways of looking at it, but that kind of next level, um, creativity or productivity can is you, you can't guarantee that's going to be there all day long can we share you want to share a little bit i would love to share with you the, yeah. some of the coolest stuff that i've been working on like sure. some stuff so uh, and then you can maybe i'd love to hear some breakthroughs that you've had during the pandemic about like if there's any cool concepts or something that you've been practicing yeah so i've been working on this thing it's based on like uh some some you know that barry harris You know that yeah. thing, this little warm-up? Sure. So this idea of approaching uh, a, a diatonic tone from uh, a diatonic tone above it or a half step below it, right? Those are the, your two options to approach it from yeah. either a half step below our target. So if we have a C major scale, you can approach the C from a half step below or a diatonic tone above or a combination. Mm. And we've just been, we've been doing this at the Daily Guide of Practice session, but I've just been having so much fun working this through. Like in triads, using this to like do different in, uh, intervals. You know, like thirds and sixths and fifths. And just practice, like what happens is you start to, when you spend enough time just working on these beautiful little melodic devices, yeah. you, when I've been, I've played a couple of, of like trio gigs lately and my playing seems more melodic than ever. Like, even though I'm showing examples here where it seems very rigid and like I'm going like through, a robot. yeah, like a robot going through patterns, it's not ex at all how I'm working through it. And it comes out in your playing in this very organic, I feel like I'm like, Cole Porter live on the piano. Like I'm just <laughs> writing melodies. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Oh, that's great. Great. Yeah. Um, well, the only thing I'll throw out there, it, which is not as, as interesting and specific as that, that I have been coming back to, I haven't been practicing it constantly, but I keep coming back to it because it's sitting on my piano at home all the time is uh, Scott Joplin rags. Yeah. I've been like, especially ones that I don't know as well. 
um, or I haven't played in a while. Uh, It's been very interesting to me because it's such a great, it hits a a number of different things. One kind of nostalgia for me because that was like the first jazz I played in a way. I had like the the rag book and when I was playing piano, when I was really young, I tried to play it and could read music, but it's just too difficult. And then I kept coming back to it. But that kind of first actually pulled me into jazz. And then it's topical here because Scott Joplin lived, you know, a couple blocks from here from Open Studio obviously before we were around mm. but you know his his persona and his music his his aura about him is always i feel like kind of in this neighborhood and 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 rides high above st louis as, as just one of the masters they came out of this area um and also just great for sight reading and it's just fun stuff to play and it's a great kind of space to be in between like new orleans and st louis blues and classical and opera and jazz it kind of awesome. there's so much to learn in those too yeah, yeah yeah and it's been fun so i've been having some fun with that that's excellent uh, so there's some really great questions here. Uh, John has an OS Pro question. John actually yes. says, I need an OS Pro infomercial. Happy to oblige, John. So <laughs> what would be the, right the, the minimum level of piano for OS Pro? Piano is not my main instrument. Do you plan on expanding it to other instruments like guitar? Yeah, actually, John, we do plan on expanding it quite a bit here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're taking our time because we want it to be good, yes. obviously. But you do need some minimal piano proficiency to be yes. able to kind of like come hang in the daily guided practice session, but not as much as you might think. You don't have to be like a gigging musician. We have beginners in there for sure. I was going to say, I would, re- I mean, it's, we, we always shy away from saying beginner, intermediate, advanced, but I know that we have gotten a better idea about it. And wouldn't you say beginner to intermediate? I think so. A little bit more shaded towards intermediate. I think so. Yeah, there are definitely some, some more beginner players that are, I think, doing great and really advancing and learning and and sort of dipping their toes in that sort of intermediate, you know, I could almost go out and play a gig now kind right. of waters. But right. yeah, don't feel like, I mean, if you, I would say, John, if you know about music, like piano technique will be something that gets taken care of if you come and practice with us every day. Right, right. You know, because we do basic scales. Like we do warm ups on like much slower than that even you know what i mean like getting getting some chops together yeah and i always think these uh specifically os pro but but that that the kind of level that it is at if we say it's clearly at intermediate um does have value for some probably not the most advanced pro player you know your aaron goldberg your robert glasper might, might might not need to be in there but you're more kind of going towards a advanced player but I'm like back to the practice question. I always think that it's and I've spent a lot of time doing this and it's a big philosophy I got from my mom and dad who are both musicians and teachers is that you spend a lot of time practicing things that you can really handle well mm-hmm. that are somewhat basic that will make you feel like the equivalent of lifting less bench pressing less pounds than you know you can do but doing it with better technique. That's right. So that's that's the th- whole thing of like if you're practicing classical music not playing the late Beethoven sonatas even though you probably could kind of get through them but to do the early ones where you can really master them like the more you are on the side of that in terms from a jazz standpoint learn a solo that's maybe simpler than you could learn absolutely but that's where you're going to put the fun in fundamentals oh, boy, this come, guy. On. come on uh this is a really great question by jr magnus you sound like a formula one driver <laughs> jr magnus uh, riding for Ferrari. that's right that's right i don't know why I will said it like substandards that. eventually only survive as pedagogical tools rather than be part of our actual repertoire we hope so <laughs> we can't we can't expect audiences to want to hear autumn lees for countless decades can we well i don't know about that actually yeah. first of all if you take the if you take the terrible jam session versions of Autumn Leaves out of your head, it's a pretty 
decent tune. Well, hold on. I'm doing it. It's wow. almost impossible. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know it. what? Listen to, to Keith Jarrett live at the Blue Note play it. And yeah. it's and you'll like realize, holy smokes, that's a good song. Like yeah. it's a solid song for sure. Or something like All the Things You Are. I really hope that doesn't go out of favor no. with audience because it's just absolutely brilliant and beautiful. You know, it gets to be tiresome to play the same tunes over and over again if you're a bass player who has a weekly jam session gig and you have to do 100 choruses of That's Autumn right. Leaves. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think that those classic tunes, especially the tunes now that everybody are learning to learn the music, I think they'll probably be around for a while. Um, you know, like maybe the, those top 20 yeah like great american songbook standards but i don't know you know it's it's hard to say it's it's like saying will beethoven's fifth be around for a while even though it's like totally overplayed well, in american orchestras you, you know, know what, what? I, mean? I rarely do this but i'm going to disagree with you mr manis there do it uh, please. i mean adam i would never disagree with mr manis your father <laughs> i agree with everything he says but the reason i would say is it's not like the beethoven fifth is because well, maybe a little, like based upon performances, but those notes are already down. The Beethoven Fifth is what it is. So that, yes, you are dependent upon performances, but whether or not it goes in and out of style is going to be more, I think it's going to be more of like a meritocracy of what people want to hear and if, if it continues to resonate with people. Whereas Autumn Leaves, ultimately, the way that we consume it as jazz musicians, as lovers of jazz music, is really about what the performances are. So, yeah, if it's only crappy versions at crappy jam sessions, then no one's going to want to hear. But that's not necessarily Autumn Leaves' fault. It's it's more pliable. It's in mm -hmm. the hands of the musicians. So it's up to, like, if great musicians and, and really good players... And even just average and above players want to play these tunes, they're going to sound good on it. And people are going to be like, I like hearing that. And they're going to want to continue to hear that because the meritocracy is going to happen based upon just the general listeners, what they're being presented with. So if if the good players want to play the tunes, they're going to survive. Yeah. If they don't, no yeah. one's going to have a chance to hear it. Or if only the lesser players, you yeah. know. But normally your, your, your less advanced players are going to kind of be looking up to the more advanced players anyway for those things. That's true. But then sometimes things can just sort of be fall off for other reasons not because they're not good or because people don't like to play them just because they just like accidental go out of fashion or just no one's talked about them for a while through through no fault of the tune zone mm. uh robert has a good question that i think we could probably answer uh simultaneously you ready yes which pianist have each of you transcribed and drawn from the most here we okay. go okay three two, two. One McCoy Oh, oh yeah, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> okay. Well, we are a finely tuned machine here. You'll <laughs> hear it. Wow. Oh, we went off again. Are you serious? No, we didn't. Oh. No, we're, oh, back. we're back. We're back. <laughs> See if this red button stays on, I know we're good. You know what? I think with this system, though, it's sort of seamless. So they're going to be like, what are they talking about? We thought we, we, thought we lost know. you guys. They wouldn't know. All right, that was funny because maybe that was the internet gods coming and conspiring against us because we didn't say the same. Um, uh, so you said, okay, let's let's talk about this. You said Herbie Hancock. Wait, was the question who we had? What was the exact question? Could you who, who had we transcribed and drawn the most inspiration? From? Okay, maybe that's where we got confused because that's sort of two different things, possibly. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You know, because I was just—I would to say those are both of our top twos, though. I know actually. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, wait, is he thinking Winton Kelly? Because we, but we haven't transcribed him maybe the most. But that one solo, we don't do we, a lot of Herbie Hancock transcriptions, actually. No, yeah. but I'm saying Winton Kelly, we've drawn so much from that one particular solo in a way off of Kob. KOB? Yeah. Not familiar. FF from KOB. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
but yeah, McCoy Tyner, Herbie. I mean, of course, Herbie's a huge inspiration. Although I got to tell you, right now, Sir Ron Carter's a huge inspiration to me personally. What, I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> but that's the great thing about this music and the personalities. And somebody, I think it was Chris, said something early or that I just wanted to touch on with that earlier question about social media that I thought was so smart. And look, this is great. We're getting so many cool comments that I may not be able to find it. But I'm going to paraphrase him or her in case it was somebody else. And it was basically like, the thing they love about social media is the ability as they were like as fans of this music is the ability to directly connect with artists and with musicians and to hear from that whether that's music or ideas for or sure. what you had for breakfast or whatever and that's totally that's that's such a big thing and i know for me things that i'm a fan on which like our music it's it's not like oh I'm only one who presents on social media. I'm, I'm looking at Ron Carter and Herbie Hancock and Robert Glasper and like this stuff is exciting to me. Even if I know them personally, it's still fun. I'm not getting a chance to talk to them every day. It's fun. I mean, I could like call Robert Glasper probably and get him on the phone and be like, hey man, give me one of your rants. Come on, quick. And he'll do it like one day, maybe even the second day, but in a while he's going to be like, so like, you know what, check my Instagram. You know what, I hate when jazz YouTubers <laughs> call me up and ask me for a rant just to get them some views. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so that is fun. And then just other people like in the, you know, plant-based nutrition and endurance um, space the, I don't know if you know I watch the Rich Roll podcast I'm a big fan but I mean I also like to see his I've heard, you've I've heard, heard. Yeah. but I like to see his runs every day or his bikes or swims on Strava like I can see where he went in California and his really cool pictures and stuff and so I think you know the social media YouTube all this stuff when it's in the hands of somebody like Ron Carter and Ron is like has his phone in his house and is like hello I'm Ron <laughs> I mean what that, I mean it doesn't get any cooler than that that was the stuff when we were kids geeking out listening to my funny Valentine. It would have been awesome. Yeah, that's what I wanted, awesome. you know. I know. But. I know. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a minute since we've done a Q&A. This is super right. fun. Yeah, we might do some more of these. Uh, although right. I do miss the cavalcade of comments. The carousel. That's not what you call crap. it early. Oh, that's what you call it early. <laughs> the crappy cavalcade of But you know what? Commenting. You're only saying it's crappy because you fixate on like the 0.001% of negative comments. I fixate on the negative comments? You do. You do. I'm not saying I don't either. You want to noodle around <laughs> a little bit on that for a while? No, go ahead and talk while I while I play. No, but you really fixate. I do though? Come on. You I never call it a cavalcade of well until they started talking about me. Then exactly. I, I exactly. I think just I get well, more negative. No, but when it comes from me it comes hard. Everybody loves Peter. Come no, on. That's that is not true. The guy on the right, the guy on the right, they don't like. If they know me by name, as you, if they know you by name, they love us. If if they're just like randomly drifting by on the YouTube algorithm, you know, who knows? All right. Well, this was a fun podcast. So look, everybody tune in on th this Thursday to the podcast here. Leave, leave us a rating review if you get a chance. That helps spread the word. But tune in on Thursday for the full audio version. You can check it out early on YouTube if you want to. But on the audio pod will be Thursday. Mr. Ron Carter, our conversation how was that story about Miles Davis? Does it get any better than that? That was as good as So gets. cool. As good as Throwing shade yet complimenting Miles at the same time. So until next episode, you'll hear it.